life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey everybody, welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your Chief Lounge Lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. We are going to be talking about EverQuest Next, the next big thing in role-playing games. So here I was thinking that the next big thing in massively multiplayer online games was going to be uh, the Elder Scrolls. But now, who knows, it might actually be EverQuest next. So joining us today is uh, Shella, all the way from England. Shella, welcome to the lounge Wait, today. Me? Absolutely, <laughs> always glad to have you here. And joining us is, we have dug up an EverQuest expert. <laughs> uh, Dave, welcome to the lounge today. Thank you. Yeah, nice to be here. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're glad to have you. Uh, uh, Dave is um, uh, uh, good friends with Shella. Uh, Shella's a significant other. And uh, Dave, your history is uh, with EverQuest is impressive. You've played the original EverQuest for and that's like a 15 year old game. And then and then you've played EverQuest 2, right? In fact, you actually built a new computer just so you could play EverQuest 2. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty big fan. Uh, I my, my old computer just wasn't going to run it, so I just thought I I can't be left out of this, so I've got to, I've got to rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's a that's a mark of a true computer uh, PC computer gamer. Um, that's happened to me a few times where like uh, a new game has come out. Um, I remember one of the one of the Splinter Cells came out and I couldn't run it, and I had to upgrade my video card, and that was a pretty big expense. But overhauling an entire system, man, that's hardcore. <laughs> Congrats. So, so from your perspective, uh, so we had the big uh, EverQuest Next uh, presentation, and you know, other than the name of the game, I think everything they had was pretty darn cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, it looks amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy generally. Uh, it's still early days, um, so I think uh, I'm just gonna wait and see what happens. Yeah, and well, the early days thing is interesting because one of the things that they're going to do, and we can get into this a little bit, is they seem to be trying to give a lot of control over over to the players in the game. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's probably one of the most interesting things in EverQuest Next, and we can explain it as we understand it. But there's going to be a section called Legend, which is it, it's kind of like a separate Landmark. game. That's Landmark. I don't know why do I call it Legend. Um, <laughs> I'm still thinking of still thinking yeah. of Elder Scrolls. Land, <laughs> Landmark is what this one's called, and it almost sounds like a separate game where you can uh, uh, create uh, houses and and items and all kinds of things, uh, and then eventually they can get into the they can get into the game. Um, so so Dave was what was your what was your impressions of Landmark? I mean that's that's something I don't think we've ever seen before in a in an MMO, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds really good. Um, you know, uh, I know that John Smedley said, you know, he wanted to get away from the uh, kind of churning content because people got through it so quickly. And it seems that they're giving us the, the tools in Landmark to um, to do, you know, quite a lot of that ourselves and, hope, you know, if it's good enough, make it into the game. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, and, and that, I don't know how, you know, the, again, this was just the original presentation, so we don't know a lot of details about exactly how it's going to be done. But from the videos and stuff that I that they showed, 
during the presentation, and also I watched a couple of them afterwards. Uh, it looked like there was a like one of the videos I watched was a person building a little little looked like a little house. I don't know, maybe maybe he that was going to be his little player house. So so maybe maybe that would be pretty cool. Um, D- Dave, do you think that I mean, because you've played EverQuest and EverQuest Two, so you kind of know the the type of people that play that particular game. Does there seem to be? Do you think there's going to be a lot of crafters? Do you think that's going to be a popular feature that people are going to be excited about jumping into? Yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be hugely popular. I, I mean, uh, I know you know um, the people that are just play EverQuest Two for the crafting mainly. You know, uh, they they don't do much adventuring because they just love the kind of creative part of it. And um, given the amount of tools that, you know, could be in landmark, I think it's going to be hugely popular with crafters. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I played, I, I've, I never played the first EverQuest, but I did play EverQuest two for many years. And uh, I remember uh, the crafting was a pretty big thing even then. So I think you're probably right about, about they got people that are really like, the crafting side of things, so that'll be cool. Um, yeah, I actually got, I actually worked for a crafter. There was a, there was a, a girl who just wanted to craft, but she had, she needed people to go out and get items for her. So she would hire me to go out into the swamp and kill um, slugs or whatever, so she could get tentacles and make them into weapons or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, so yeah, they, some of the crafters in EverQuest too, you know, they they're the main people that were leveling the guild up because they were doing. Um, you know, quests, um, crafting quests that earned status and, and experience, and that's how they level the guild up. So, yeah. So they were the respected members of the guild, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, and then it, as, as people got their outs, you know, coming up and wanted armor every ten levels or so, they would the crafters would always be pretty busy, you know, uh, renewing armor for up and coming uh, tunes, you know. That's really awesome. That's that's neat that the um that the the crafters can can get a a star in the world. I I like that a lot. And I know there's a lot of people that are into crafting in all kinds of games. I, I remember um uh just uh, at E3 one year, we were just at at breakfast and uh I guess somebody saw that we were, you know, a gaming a gaming group and uh they came over and they were asking us questions and stuff. We started talking to them about um I think it was Oblivion at the time and and they were saying that all they wanted to do was go out and get alchemical components and craft things. So, I mean, there there are a lot of people that just like crafting just in regular games. So, in MMOs it's pretty neat because not only can you you can become famous because of your crafts because uh um, Dave, you can you you everything that you make has your your name on yeah, it, right? Yeah, it's, it's a good touch that. Yeah, yeah it says uh, whenever you inspect an item, it will say you know made by. So uh, yeah, mm, I didn't I didn't ever get very far with crafting, um, but uh, I did you know uh, make some basic satchels and, and bags. And uh, you know when you've got your own bags made by you, you kind of feel kind of proud, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's re- that's really cool. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, it'd be cool as from a guild perspective. It's kind of neat because you know you can make the you make all the guild swords or whatever, and then sign them with your own little uh, you know your guild signature or whatever. So very very cool way to create community. I think it's very smart for them to to concentrate on that in a in a big way. And it'll be interesting to see how Landmark um, starts out. And it's also interesting that Landmark is going to be out. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be out maybe significantly before the before the game, so we'll have a lot of time to experiment with it. I assume you'll be in line then, right, Dave? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've signed up for the beta, but <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up. Well, Shella's Shella, I reckon, might have more chance of getting on the beta. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll make sure you guys get on the beta. We'll do, <laughs> we'll pull all our all uh, string. um, strings strings <laughs> Sony to get to get you guys in there, no problem. So um so then the thing that I noticed also of course um and I mean any MMO is going to have like a beautiful world or whatever, but I I don't know, uh, Dave. What did you think? I thought that, uh, and Shelly, you can answer this one too, because you know you, you have eyes. But <laughs> I, I, I thought, you know, the game was from from what they were showing us in the different areas and stuff. I thought it was exceptionally beautiful. I thought it looked better than any MMO that was out there right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think the environments look fantastic. You know, the lighting and the, uh, you know, the immersion. You know, and the fact is definitely there. You know, especially in the jungle. You know, scenes we saw with the with the mist yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, apparently it's. I think they said it was the PlanetSide Two engine it's running on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the dynamic lighting was amazing, wasn't it? When they showed that daytime going into night, and all the shadows shifting around yeah, and stuff in yeah. the desert. And all the sort of misty shafts of light in the jungle and things. Mm. Yeah, it looked amazing. And and. Oh, and also, and a true night, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Dave, what do you think about that? Because I have sort of mixed feelings on the true night. I mean, I think it's really cool to have a true night, but but I wonder, do you think people are going to be like we don't know if the if the day night cycle actually will affect the ecology of the land? Because I have seen games where you know at night like the really bad monsters come out type of thing. So I don't know if it's going to change that. But I mean, just as far as the day night cycle, do you think that people are going to want to go out at night, or do you think it's going to be like, well, it's nighttime, so it's kind of hard to see, so we're going to hang out in the tavern until morning? I mean, what do you what do you think's the what do you think's going to be the uh, the day night preference? There's going to be people, people out adventuring all hours of the day, all hours, you know. I mean, if if they uh, even in EverQuest one there was uh, uh, zones where at night it changed really. It was a high level zone at night and a low level zone, relatively low level zone during the day. Um, so they were doing that even then. So I reckon you know if they implement something like that, you know, uh, that would be quite good because it would have different level characters, you know, visiting that zone at different times, um, which is great because then you know you're getting a variety of use. Right. Right, you could experience it from different levels, and also it's kind of kind of funny, you know, the night crew will be coming in, you see all the level like three characters running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's getting dark, we need to oh, get yeah, out of here. Yeah, if you got caught and the night was falling, you you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, um, so Shell, before the show started, you were you were mentioning the four uh the four what they call the four grails of what they tried to do with the game. So why, why don't you go over what those are, and then we can talk about each individual ones, because some of them are are new compared to what we've seen in other games. Yeah, okay, so they had these um, four, they called them, you know, so there was the four, well, the holy grails of MMO development that everyone tries to get, and so they really focused on these, and they were, the first one was changing the core game, so they've got, like, multi-classing system. Number two was blow up anything uh, was the title they used so uh, it's got um, you know the world is destructible um, and number three was called they called it life of consequence um, so they've improved the AI and um, the, the things that you do in the world um, make a difference and then number four was called permanent change and they have these kind of public um, quests like open quests um, that you know change the world forever 
So we've got the the four pillars, and uh, let's start with the, the first one about changing the core game class. Because Dave, I noticed before the show when we were chatting, and I asked you what you thought was the most important, the most impressive thing for you as a hardcore player. Um, you, that's the one you brought up. You were like, you thought that was the coolest. So tell me a little bit about that and why you think that that is uh, a good thing for EverQuest next. Uh, well, yeah, it sounds really good. You know, it sounds more custom, customization of your character, you, where you can. It sounds like you can go on out into the world exploring and uh, unlock various classes, which you can mix and match. You know, powers. So, um, you know, uh, there's just more flexibility really into creating something that you want. Whereas in the previous two versions, pretty much when you chose your character at creation you were locked into that through its entire life, really. So, uh, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. It's, that is definitely a big change. Now, you've probably, you've probably played a lot of characters. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have a play style that you particularly like? Do you sort of like the thiefy characters or the, or the big warriors and the mages? Or what's your favorite kind of, kind of way to play? Yeah, um, I kind of go through phases. But, uh, I mean, I, I quite like playing the, a healer or utility class, actually. Um, you know, oh, cool. Like a, a bard or an enchanter, you know, something like that. Um, I, be, I bet you don't have much trouble uh, finding groups. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, I mean, that's part, part of the reason why. But, I, um, you know, I just, I just like some of the powers, um, you know, how, and how they can really, um, you know, affect the group's you know, abilities to do things. And uh, especially, I mean, my favorite character in uh, EverQuest 1 was an enchanter. Just, you know, the... The fact they could mesmerize big groups of creatures and, you know, and the crowd controls was amazing. And mm. the, uh, the kind of mana regen and things like that. And uh, one of my favorite characters in EverQuest 2 was a bard. So kind of, um, you know, uh, big buffs for the group there. But I mean, I've, I've got, a, I've got a tank character and I've got, a, you know, a healer and, um, DPS. Yeah. But generally, I think utility and healing is, is where, where the most enjoyment I've had really, those kind of, those kind of characters. Right, and so it sounds like in EverQuest Next you'll be able to have that utility type character, and then maybe also, you know, have some other skills, maybe, maybe some sneaky skills, you know, for when you're adventuring by yourself, or or maybe some some you know able to wear heavy armor, uh, so you can tank a little bit uh, when you're when you're not actively bringing people back from the dead and stuff. Um, so, sounds like sounds like you're gonna have a, a pretty good time with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if they make it easy kind of to switch roles and things, um, which I suppose isn't something, isn't something that's that new, but, uh, you know, if, if they've got 40 classes, then that's going to throw things wide open, really. Mm. Uh, I mean, you, 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 you kind of collect to... them on the way, don't you? Seems to be that, yeah. Yeah, actually. that's what they said. Yeah, I think that's kind of going to be the trend in, that's going to be kind of the trend in MMOs to begin with. I mean, we're already starting to see it a little bit with, um, with some of the, with some of the games. It sounds like that's going to be like the new, where, the thing where every game's going to have to have that pretty much moving forward. Because people, once they get a little taste of that freedom, they're not going to want to go back to be like stuck in being a thief, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So the second pillar was the blow up everything pillar, and that was the one I was most impressed with. I thought that was really <laughs> funny. So Shashella, how did, how did that work, and and what do you think that's going to bring to the game? Well, they had these things called they call them voxels. So the whole world is made up of tiny little boxes, <laughs> which means that you can blow those boxes apart. And they also said it means destructibility, but it also means constructability. So I guess that's where that comes into landmark and all the stuff you can build. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it just makes battles even more epic, doesn't it? I mean, the battles that did, that they showed at the presentation were just insane. You just couldn't see anything because it was just like craters and like rocks going everywhere and just, you know, just like smoke and fire. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was pretty fun. Yeah, I liked I like watching those walls blow up. Yeah, and <laughs> that was pretty awesome. And especially, you know, you're you're it, it really did help the uh, the atmosphere. I mean, if you're in a battle and then some giant golem yeah. breaks down a wall to get to you, you're gonna be like, uh oh, uh, that guy looks pretty tough. <laughs> that guy filled the screen, didn't he, at the end? That golem, the iron mm-hmm. golem, he was massive. And uh, Dave, you were saying that uh, it's not um, so. The world, I guess, after you after you beat it down, if, if it didn't, if the world didn't heal itself, then it wouldn't be very long until thousands of players turned whatever they created into rubble. Uh, <laughs> it, it would look like the world of Fallout after a very short period of time. Uh, so the world, the world heals itself right o- over time. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it will do that. Yeah, that's what he said, wasn't it? And then it has different levels as well. I love that uh, aspect of it. So I don't know if you saw that, John, on the um, debut. Uh, no. But the the world they showed a map of the world, and then the map the world goes down as well as along. So there are like you can break through. So in one of the um, the battles, um, the the foe kind of broke a big crater in the in the floor and the characters fell down and you can fall down through so you can like actually tunnel through the world and find hidden treasure and and you know like new zones and stuff like that oh wow yeah so yeah when they showed they showed a cross section of the world as well as the sort of top level map which i thought was really cool yeah oh you you know what that's going to mean especially if you're able to create your own classes somebody's going to create like a tunneling class yeah they could go out and like build build tunnels down into the other zones (laughs) the dwarves are going to be mining like you wouldn't believe That sounds so cool. That sounds so cool. Um, the third pillar then was uh, the AI and the life of con- yeah. consequence. Uh, a life of consequence, <laughs> which kind of sounds like a self-help book. Yeah, um, it does. But but that's um, that's like um, that's sort of where um, th- now that's on a minor scale uh, basically because the uh, we're going to talk about the the fourth pillar is kind of the world scale. But on the minor scale, that that as I understood it is like if somebody asks you to help them you know, save their farm from monsters that are burning it down, and you don't do that, then in your game, from your perspective, that farmer's always going to be burnt down, right? Yeah. Is that kind of what you got from um, it? I don't know. It was more about the AI. Like, um, the example they used was orcs, wasn't it? Mm. And they said, basically, uh, they thought about what the motivations of an orc are, you know, they like gold or something. So they hang out on lonely roads waiting for adventurers to to happen by and then they attack them. They said with um, the new AI they use, if they, the the orcs are on a lonely road and um, lots of adventurers or guards come to sort of stop the orcs and, you know, uh, maybe a gang of gamers gang up on the orcs and beat them down and the orcs decide oh this actually isn't a very good place for us anymore we need to move and they'll move to another spot as opposed to just spawning in the exact same place they Uh yeah the foes are like random within the world and they sort of are intelligent where they go so um so, so you can when you clear a wood of goblins that wood is cleared 
I like I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what do you, what do you think? Is that something uh, is that something you're looking for? I guess it, got, it makes it in a sense. It makes it a little bit harder because you can't just get with the guild and go, "Hey, we need experience. We know there's orcs that hang out here." Um, but it kind of makes it more realistic, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that kind of level, multi-level AI kind of thing going on, where it's kind of like a collective AI for the, the orcs in that area. Uh, yeah, it's really good. It's kind of it's just. Adding another level to the, you know, how real the world seems, you know. So it's, uh, you, you know, he's right. He was saying that, you know, you can pretty much walk down the road at any particular time, and you're going to know that that cat, that um, camp, or that spawn of orcs is always going to be there. Whereas, you know, you never know what you're going to find, you know, potentially. Yeah, I like that. I think one of the reasons I got I got bored with a lot of the MMOs that I play was sort of that sameness. You know, it was like because we did, we were like, oh, we know that there's you know, these five camps out here, let's let's just go out and fight them for a while, you know, and you, you do that, like, every weekend for, like, a year, and eventually you get kind of tired of it, yeah. you know, so it's kind of neat that the world changes, and I guess it would sort of also sort of establish it, because, like you were saying with the Lonely Road thing, if there's a road between two major cities and people travel it all the time, it's more than likely going to be safe, because people are going to be there and they're going to beat the orcs up, and the yeah. orcs are going to decide to leave. Yeah. So you can kind of be like, well, this is a safe neighborhood, you know, I can run my level one character down that road, and he'll probably be okay. Yeah. Maybe not, but probably. <laughs> so you can have gentrification, basically. <laughs> take a crappy neighborhood and sort of um, rejuvenate it <laughs> bring new economies into it boutiques but it, will, it also mean that those areas that are really lonely that hardly ever get traveled then could mean that evil gets a real stronghold you know so that those areas could be um you know more you know more powerful creatures in there because it's been left so long you know yeah, i hope true. they kind of do something like that so you know. Yeah, depending on how far they let the creatures roam, um, you know, from their original area, uh, I think that could be a big that could be a big thing, really, because yeah. um, you'll definitely have you'll you'll definitely have to ha- you'll definitely end up with areas that are quote unquote safe uh, because a lot of people will be there yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and then you're right, the, uh, that means the other areas might not be so when your guild gets together and you're like, well, let's go into that area. We're like, I don't know, that's <laughs> where all the bad guys are stuck at. But that's kind of <laughs> so. good because. Um, there's so many kind of zones that never get visited that are kind of redundant because people just all, everybody's level past them and there's no reason to go back there. You know, this could be a, 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 something to, to make them go back because that's where, you know, loot and experience is. Right, right. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then so the final pillar then, uh, now uh, this was this was the um, the permanent change. Mm-hmm. Now this is. But this is kind of more on the world scale, where it's like there's going to be player events. Now, do they have player events in um, in EverQuest and EverQuest 2 now, Dave? Um, the, not, not, not really, no. There's few and far between, really, yeah, that, where the actual GMs get involved. I mean, they have different themes, you know, like Christmas or Halloween. You know, they, they kind of jazz the world up to kind of reflect what's going on, you know, um, there's like some tinkering festival going on at the moment in EverQuest 2. So there's some quite good ideas, but uh, yeah, tinker gnomes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gnomes are kind of celebrating. And <laughs> you, you can go and collect There's different collections happening, so you can go and collect a whole new bunch of uh, tinkering items that's lying around the world. So yeah, they, 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 they do do stuff like that, yeah. But they don't have anything where this kind of sounds like it's going to be like, you know, an army of orcs decides to besiege a city and it goes on for like three months. And depending on how that event ends, the world is going to be different forever. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, do you want to describe the raising Halas, raising of Halas thing, or? Um, well, yeah, from what I gathered, it, it start. Yeah, um, they, they were saying that they used an example, basically. Yeah. Okay. The the um, just it's just a collection of tents. That's all it is. You know the um. The, and I I think the rallying call was basically we want to build something here, wasn't it? So we want yeah. to build this city, and it starts as tents. Yeah. And and then players need to. Some players might decide to gather resources wasn't it? And then others might decide to go and um, other adventurers getting involved would be more fighter type. So they'll be like, oh, let's go into the woods and see, you know, what's about. But then they were saying you don't know what's going to trigger it, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite a long term thing over possibly three months real time. Everybody's working towards a common thing. So I suppose uh, there's going to be those people that uh, maybe adventurers going out to try and make the wood safe in order to people to collect resources in order to, you know, get build the thing. Yeah. But then that could them clearing out goblins in the wood could raise the anger of the goblin king, uh, who would send an attack army to attack the the fort. Then, um, but you'll never know whether it was that or whether it was the fact that you were mining in a certain area and going down into a different level of the world that released something from underground. Or, you know, you don't know what the triggers are going to be, and so you know, it just it changes as it goes on, and you know, you build like a massive keep, and then there's like a goblin siege or something, and but that will change the world forever. Then this whole um, like two or three month um, kind of rallying call. That sounds really awesome, and it sounds like it would be really fun if if you were there when the trigger happened. Since you don't know what the trigger is, yeah. you know, it could be like, oh, here's my, you know, the the one thousandth basket of tomatoes that <laughs> yeah. I brought back, and all of a sudden that triggers the orc army to come out and yeah. <laughs> like all hell breaks loose. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was just tomatoes. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh it sounds fascinating. I mean it, to to me as uh cuz I you know I kind of prefer single player M- MMOs uh mm-hmm. or not MMOs but um you know single player role playing games. It sounds like this is a this is a really cool way to add the community in a way that I think people like me who like to play the single player games could yeah. could really get into. Yeah, you can kind of play your single player game whilst everybody else wants to do whatever they want to do, but you're still involved and you're still part of the world. That's how it seems. Because I quite like that as well. You know, me on my console, just me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So I I don't know, Shelley, does this sound like like, uh, EverQuest Next is something that you might get into? I might have to have a look. It (laughs) it It sounds too good to be true. So Shella, so does it sound like does it sound like uh, EverQuest uh, next is going to be something that you might get involved with? I think I might have to I might have to give it a go at least do the beta. Dave's always trying to get me to <laughs> do these things because he tries well, it's, it's, every it's always, going. Well, it's always a dream to have like you know to to play to play with uh, with people you care about. Yeah. You know that that's the awesome thing, and it almost never happens. I at know. least for me. <laughs> and there's, but there's just so much to take in. I think, uh, you know, when they, when we were watching the debut, the room was like pretty quiet because I think people were just stunned was, mm, like, because so they too. just kept giving more and more and more. And it's like, they were just like, wow. <laughs> I think jaws were just literally hitting the floor. <laughs> 
uh so dave um so what do, what do you what do you think you're the you're the ever cut you get the you get the final word here um so i mean i guess one of the things we have to we have to say is uh so you know wow world of warcraft has been the dominant force forever it seems like and and many games have gone out of business and i don't i don't know what the magic formula is with wow why why it's just the most popular thing and it always has been um, but what, but what do you think? I mean, do you think that EverQuest Next has the has the chance to be the the next big thing? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, um, I, I mean, uh, it, it's certain the ideas are big enough, and uh, I think the, you know they've got the experience after the first two, um, you know, to do it. I think they've got a technical aptitude to definitely pull it off. Um, you know, it might not all be at once, but uh, you know, they, they they know their stuff. Um, I mean. I've been reading the forums and there's a bit of kind of a concern about the art style being too mm. cartoony. That's mm. like a huge thread that's just running away with itself at the moment. Mm. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't mind what I've seen in the art. So we've only really seen two characters, um, mm. uh, you know, actually in action. And the fact that one's like got a lion head and, you know, it's, it's kind of going to be a bit cartoony if you kind of if you've got a lion, somebody with a lion head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't seen anything else really. It seems in concept art, but not the actual characters. Um, but uh, it's no big issue for me that as long as the game plays, you know, good and um, it does all it says it does, really. But yeah, I definitely think it's got huge potential to uh, right. Now, now it was interesting to hear Shella say, you know, can they pull it off? You know, so do you do you think that it do you think that it can be pulled off? I mean, I don't know. It looked. Just from the graphics point of view and with the destruction and stuff, I'm like, man, how are they going to stream all that? I don't know, but I, I, I guess they can. But I don't. Are you are you hopeful that it's going to be everything that you think it is? Um, yeah, I think that I think it is. You know, uh, I mean, there's some people also saying that you know you're going to have to have, to have a pretty good PC to run it. You know, because if if all those graphics are turned up, then mm. it's going to have to be quite powerful. But then as long as they give you options to turn a bit of that off, um, that's all right. You know. Uh, but yeah, I, if you play, they play so, on medium graphics, sure, why not? <laughs> they've got so much experience now with the first two that um, I think they know what they're doing. I think they'll do it. Okay, very good. And you two are both both going to try to get into the beta, and we're going to try to get you into the beta. And, uh, so we'll go from there, and hopefully um, we'll be able to um, we'll be able to uh, report from the beta and see how things are going. So, so Dave, will you uh, will you if we get you into the beta and you're able to play for a while, will you will you come back and tell us how things are going in beta land? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd love to. all right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, you you heard it right here. We got Dave to say that he's coming back to tell us about the beta. So, um, so uh, Landmark is uh, supposedly out this winter, and hopefully uh, we'll get our feet uh, wet in that and start building some cool stuff. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody who wants to comment uh, what you guys think about the uh, about EverQuest next, you can do so by uh, writing us at ginlounge at gameindustry.com. Uh, we're also on uh, Google Plus. Uh, notice I started with that one, Shella. Uh, Google Plus. We're on Facebook. We're on Pinterest. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere. Just go to gameindustry.com and click on any of the little cool buttons, and you can get right there and uh, and contact with us. Okay. Well, thanks to uh, Dave and Shella. I appreciate you guys coming today, and uh, we'll look forward to Dave new report uh after we get into the into the beta and i'm gonna make sure you get into the beta no no worries man <laughs> Excellent. 
All right, so uh, we'll see you all next week uh, right here at the Gin Lounge. And until then, happy questing and get ready because EverQuest Next is coming and <laughs> we need to be there to uh, to uh, to change the world, uh, hopefully for the better. All right, take care, everyone. We'll see you right here next week at the Gin Lounge. Thank you.